You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 121. Tech fan number 121, after a uh, week sabbatical, David and I are back together again for another exciting episode. Hello, David. Hello. Yeah, we, uh, you had a sick child last week, right? Child issues. Anybody who's got children knows that they have to be sick on a regular basis. They do. That's how their, yeah. uh, their bodies get used to fighting things off, so when they're older, they're better at it. <laughs> the night before, yes. we sat eating dinner. And she just looks at her and says, Mommy, I feel sick. And the problem with kids, particularly four-year-olds, is sometimes they just say that. Yep. <laughs> you know, sometimes they just want to say it. And sometimes they mean it, sometimes they don't. She meant it this time. Mm-hmm. As she then, about ten seconds later, graphically proved. So the dinner was over at that point. Uh, it was, certainly was for her. The rest of us didn't really feel like eating after that point. Yeah, that's no. kind of what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> it's like something out of the exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that more than yeah. once. Oh, my God. So you just watched a video that I sent you yeah. on this guy's rant about the latest press release, Microsoft. I'm so I'm so ticked off right now, David. I got to be honest with you. You know, I kept giving Microsoft the benefit <laughs> of the doubt here because... Over the last 10 years, Microsoft's done a lot of boneheaded, dumb things. Yep. Uh, well, okay. The last 25 years. And the one kind of crown jewel that they had, even in the face of adversity, was the Xbox 360. Now, remember, the first two years of the Xbox 360, the news about the system was, it's great, except Red Ring of Death. Yeah. And Microsoft, you know, kind of put themselves out there and replaced every one of them and they made it as easy as possible. I went through three of them myself. And yeah. while I wasn't happy, I knew Microsoft was going to take care of me about this. And they did. And, and they did. I mean, the one I have, I've had for four years now. And it sits in an office. It's kind of on the shelf. It's kind of closed in. And I've never had a problem with it, no matter how hot it gets. Yeah. No, it's they. It's a problem that they addressed and they fixed. And the people who had bad ones, they replaced them for you. And it cost them a fortune. Oh, sure it did, absolutely. Yeah. But they did the right thing. Yeah, and they did the right thing for the customers. And the games that they've come out with have been really great. the The way that they supported the third party developers on the Xbox 360 has been fantastic. And they really put a lot of marketing muscle behind the unit. Uh, they just did everything right. The only thing I think a lot of people criticized them for was Xbox Gold membership. Yeah. But for the most part, they've done a really good job with the Xbox 360. And it is, of this generation of consoles, the best one. Um, it's, it's the leader. 
it sold more than all the other ones. It surpassed the Wii. So in rankings, Xbox 360 is number one, Wii is number two, and a distant third is the PS3. Knowing that, knowing the, the issues that Microsoft has had with the unit, there's no way they're going to screw up the Xbox One. And that's exactly what they're doing. So the council must connect to the internet once every 24 hours for you to play games. Unless you've you've lent a game to a friend, in which case it needs to collect every hour. Yeah. Yeah. The Xbox One will allow the sale of used games at participating retailers, but only if the publisher allows it. And let's be honest, David, publishers love the used game market. They love it. It's their favorite thing. They prefer that to actually making new games. It's not like they've been fighting the used game market since day one, going all the way back to the frickin' Atari 2600 days. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure that the the publishers will all get on board used games because they're very incentivized to do so. Oh, I think they will do. And I think they'll charge you $5 less than the full price of the game for it. And they will also cut out anybody they don't like, such as GameStop, who they've been trying to put out of business for years. Yep. Because they don't, because GameStop doesn't tow the uh, the corporate lines. I mean, to boil this down, effectively, what Microsoft have done is they've built a an EA style DRM system directly into the console for everything that runs on it. Yep. And how, how's that worked out for EA? Well, so far it's not bad. Yeah, they got a lot of bad press about SimCity, but. People keep buying their games. People keep betting over and taking it. Yay, that's good. I want to play video games no matter what the cost or restrictions. I'll do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've always tried to counterpoint you on that. Yep. But you know, <laughs> personally, how I feel about most of this stuff. Yep. I'm a consumer advocate. And, well, I think, and it's pissed think, me off for a while. And this I is think just, that's the... That's the real problem with all of this is that you look at it and you go, okay, Microsoft, how, what exactly does this do for the consumer? Building this extra technology in, which, let's face it, we're all paying for. Sure. It's all, it's all built into the underlying development costs of the console, which they're going to recoup. So whatever the cost of the console is, we're effectively subsidizing the system they've built. So, so what's it doing for us? Nothing. Well, I mean... There if is you no can live with the restrictions, it's probably going to be a great system. But if Sony was smart, they would strip out all of those kind of restrictions and really marketing market the crap out of that. That that's But I, I, they can't though. The problem is is that once a big player has done this, how can Sony it, because because most you know most games come out on both systems. Right? There's relatively few tentpole titles that are exclusive only. And even the ones that are exclusive only tend to come from the same studios as, as the other games that aren't. So, you know, using EA as an example, if, if Sony were to go around, turn around, so a PS4, no DRM, uh, you know, trade the games as much as you want, do whatever you want, that's the same publisher who's, who's just got a system very happy with on the Xbox One. So they'll say, okay, well, we're not going to develop for the PS4, we're only going to develop for Xbox One. Because that that DRM system fits our business model better. So by doing this, Microsoft has effectively imposed it on the entire industry. You know, I thought uh, there's a new podcast in the uh, in the Stoplight Network, the Nintendo Club Fan 
fan club, the Nintendo fan club podcast, something like that. I don't have my browser window open, so I'm probably mangling the name, and I apologize for that, Mark. But uh, they were, in their very first episode, talking about how much better Nintendo is than Microsoft and Sony, and how much better they think, in their opinion, that the Wii U is going to be than the, the new systems. And I disagreed with them on a lot of their points. And I sent a long email to Mark for, you know, a future show if he wants to use it. But with this news coming out of Microsoft, I have to take a step back and look that EA publicly came out and said they're not going to support the Wii U. Which is already out there and doesn't have these restrictions on used games. Kind of puts a new light on things, doesn't it? Well, the the problem is I, I don't I've never seen any metrics on how big the used game market is. It's very very tiny. It's it's not selling well at all. Uh, it looks like it could be disastrous for Sony. No, no, or the, for, uh, uh, for, yeah, but I'm t- I'm not talking about the Wii U specifically. I'm talking about the used game market. It's massive. It's like twenty two percent of all games sold are used. Okay, I mean so that would that would fit with my own anecdotal experience. I don't buy new games for the Xbox mm-hmm. 360, um, but you know, I I've, I I do perceive that I might be unusual in that. Really, um, so so what does that twenty two percent do? They stick with the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Well, it's not twenty two percent of people; it's twenty two percent of purchases. So, right for for everybody out there, most of them. A quarter of the time is buying a used game rather than a new game. Right. I, I imagine that, some of that is skewed a little bit because there are people like you who don't buy new games. They only buy used. But I think for the most part, when a, a big tentpole game comes out, like a Grand Theft Auto or a Super Mario Brothers or whatever... They they buy it because they want to play it immediately. Well, we've uh, to be fair, we've bought a lot of uh, for our original Wii. We bought a lot of new games when they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the, really the, for me, the only reason I don't buy the new ones particularly is that is that I have so many used. You know, I came to the Xbox 360 so late in the cycle, it was already five years old when I bought mine. Yeah, so, so there was so a, much. There was so much good stuff out there. Right. Uh, that I had that I wanted to play before I even got to the new games, and I'm still working my way through yeah. them, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, okay, so let me do the counterpoint for a change. What could happen is is what happened with Apple and the iTunes Store and um, MP3 piracy, where the games companies l- legitimate uh, rather than using this as a DRM way of blocking used game sales completely or making it so prohibitively expensive that the market shrinks they actually say all we want is a cut of this we don't want to be cut out of the system and we we understand that people want to buy games at a discount so they do offer used games i don't know three months after their uh, after they've they've been launched at, at a substantial discount like as you know uh, 50 40 percent of the original price and and that could be enough to make people say you know what? I'm okay with that. That's a fair price for a used game rather than rather than a tentpole title. I'm happy to pay twenty five dollars rather than sixty dollars for a game. Uh, and in fact, you know, the GameStop does disappear because people don't want to buy games, you know, that way anymore. They just stick with the, with the official system, and it, everyone it works out okay for everybody. Could be. I doubt it. Um, I don't know. I think it's really bad news. You now, see. If I if Microsoft were smart, I think what they should have done is they should have announced this 
with more information, they should have said who was signed up to actually because obviously uh, games re- news games retailers need to be signed up with this. Yep. Uh, studios need to be signed up with this. Yep. They should. They, what they should be doing is they should be saying, and on day one, this is where you can go to trade the games. These are the retailers who are going to do it. This is how much the games will cost. These are the time restrictions. These are the day restrictions. These are, um, you know, this is how we expect it to work. Give everyone all of this information. And the same with the online stuff. Say, well, yeah, yeah, you need a broadband connection, but this is the amount of data we need every day. This is the time of day when we would do it. It will be when you were playing the game, so you know. Um, this is the grace period you've got before it, it stops working completely. This is how you can get around it if you need to, if you don't have good broadband. Give everybody all that information so that they know exactly what they're doing. And instead, what they've done is they've given us enough information to, to damn them without any, <laughs> any way of defending them. This was Microsoft's big chance to come out of the gate with a brand new console, which legitimately could be the last round of major consoles. Because portables are getting to the point where, um, you know, they're going to be as powerful as a console with wireless connectivity and blah, blah, blah. And you don't need a console. It's on your tablet, which you can stream wirelessly to your TV. So this could be the last hurrah for the consoles. And this could have been Microsoft setting themselves up for the next 10 years of success. Instead, they've done everything wrong at this point. And I'm really, really disappointed in them. Uh, micro, or Sony hasn't done any better. Maybe a little bit. The only one that I have to be honest with you that I'm impressed with is Nintendo. Yeah. They they got to market first, which isn't you know a precursor to success. It's just not. However, they don't have any of these type of restrictions. There are some problems with uh, Nintendo's ecosystem. Some major problems. But they've done a terrible job at marketing it. Uh, the the Wii U was success, but it also hurt Nintendo a lot because a lot of people bought that Wii U, man, and it became a dust collector. People played it for a couple months because they really liked Wii Sports and bowling, but eventually, like any other game, they get tired of playing it. They stood back and they looked to see what else they can get for their Wii, and other than the Nintendo games, there wasn't a whole lot out there. That was quality game. Yeah. Because Nintendo has never embraced the third-party market. They've never embraced yeah. the, the developers out there that make the best games. Now, one could say Nintendo actually makes the best game for Nintendo systems, and I think there's some truth to that. But they only make a certain type of game. <clears throat> and they come out way far apart. Yeah. And Well, no, they don't make a certain type of game. I, I would disagree. I mean, they make racing games, the Mario Kart series, which is fantastic uh they make the platformers you know they they make yeah the- yeah but the what they don't everything they do is 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 kind of has a cutesy dress up in it you yes know, so that's you, their if style you, if you want if yeah exactly so if you want a racing game that isn't um you know carting uh, carting cartoon characters but you want a racing game that that makes you feel like you're really racing a real car Nintendo can't help you. If you want a game, a racing game where you have some sort of battle mode where you can blow things up and and shoot people and that sort of thing, Nintendo can't help you. Actually, that's if kind you, of what Mario Kart is. <laughs> no, yeah, no, but I'm talking about I'm talking about something a bit, bit more grown up, a bit more yeah, violent, a little more yeah? mature. Sure. Yeah. And if, you know, if you want a game like Bulletstorm, for example, where the violence is turned up to the gratuitous eleven level, because that's fun, um, Nintendo can't help you. 
if you want to pretend that you're an, you're a, um, an elite member of SEAL Team 6, yeah, fighting your way through uh, every black operation that the US ever conducted, Nintendo can't help you. So that's a problem. Because those sort of games are really popular. Yeah. You know, it's, sometimes it's, it's more... So the, obviously, it should all be about the gameplay, but sometimes the, window, sometimes the window dressing kind of, you know, makes people rock up and, and really want to play. So I think this is a huge opportunity for Nintendo, to be honest. Um, they don't have to worry about the shortages at this point. And if the backlash against Microsoft and Sony is really, really huge, they have an opportunity here to steal a lot of that market and a lot of that mind share that Microsoft has been enjoying for the last, let's say, seven years with the Xbox 360. It's a huge opportunity for Nintendo. I, I just, don't think I don't think they'll take it. I don't think I, so either because they're just not smart when it comes to stuff like this. They're not, still doing not, business as it's 1980, yeah. 1991. Their branding is, you know, their brand is their brand, but their brand is not the Xbox. It's not Sony. You've got, you got to remember what Sony did with the... I mean, Sony really generated like kind of the cool young adult um, video game brand when they, when they launched the first PlayStation. Before that, it was all Nintendo. Gaming was just for kids. Yep. It wasn't something that adults did. You know, except for a, a certain type of adult, you know, who's represented by this by the video we were just watching, which uh, I hope you will put a link to in the show notes. Um, but but yeah, it wasn't, and it was it was Sony and the way they marketed the PlayStation and the PlayStation brand that made video gaming cool for young adults. And um, you know, Xbox kind of capitalized on that same. Well, Sony or uh, Sega was the first one to do that. Yeah, but it, it was it really was the PlayStation that kind of cemented that and the way they sure. marketed the PlayStation, they advertised it to adults. They associated it with clubs and with drinking and having fun and all of those things that, that appealed to, you know, young adults of the late eighties, early nineties. And um Xbox capitalized on that on that kind of brand shift. Now Nintendo's never done that and they can't it, the problem is to shift that to appeal to these disenfranchised Xbox and PS4 um, players. They'd have to shift their brand away from what's their core market, which is kids. Um, I'm not sure whether they whether they'd be prepared to do that. No, they're not, and they're not. They're never going to be that unless they ever get not, bought out by a, another company. Yeah, not not unless they they rebranded the Wii U as a different console as a as a grown up version. And did a different line of games for it. You know, I like the Wii U. And the email that I sent to Mark uh, for the new Nintendo podcast um, almost may seem that I'm against it. And I'm actually not. As you know, David, I'm very agnostic when it comes to game systems. I just want to play fun games. I don't care if it's on, you know, a PS3, an Xbox 360, a Wii U, or my toaster. I just want to play a fun game. And... Most of the fun games that I like don't come out for the Nintendo systems. They just don't. And that's unfortunate. But if if Mike if the wind seems to be blowing the way I think it is, it could be a huge boon to Nintendo. But they're gonna have they're gonna have to make some changes to capitalize on this. And I just don't see it happening. I, I- this is look. This is going to go one of two ways. Either it's it's either well, there's three ways. It's interesting that Microsoft announced this today, before E3, um, and 
as soon as I read it, I thought, oh, here, what this is, this is a testing the water post. They're going to see what the reaction is. And if people go nuts, yeah, they'll come out of E3 and say, oh, no, no, you misunderstood us. And they'll back off from it. And they'll, they'll soften it. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's so late in the game for them to make any major changes at this point, man. I don't know. Well, I think well, the well, biggest problem, I'll be honest with you, I think the used game thing is pretty big. But I think they can get around that by simply having the digital versions of games after they, let's say, three months old, they're half the price for the digital download. That would effectively kill the used game market. Yeah. Um, they would be real smart to do that. And it's very simple to do. They could say, yeah, you know what? Um, as far as used games, uh, we're going to take care of the, you know, the desire for people to buy older games through digital download at a greatly reduced price. So if a game comes out and you don't buy it when it's brand new, and six months later you decide you want to pick it up, you can still go get the physical disc, or you can get the digital download for half the price. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the big thing, and this is going to hurt Microsoft because I already know this is going to happen, network outages and people are not going to be able to play their Xbox. That's going to happen. Heaven forbid if Microsoft's own servers go down with a... Uh, you know, a DOS attack or something. What happens then? Millions well, of people can't play their games because Microsoft servers are down. Yeah, and not only that as well. I'm technically, actually getting this to work in a home environment could be tricky. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the right the right router, or if the router isn't configured correctly, and the current Xbox uses something called UPnP. Now. Um, security well, David, i got to take an important phone call. Let's take a quick break. You're listening to the G-Man. People like me. Ikuziezun, putan, igiten, dugo gaz etagai, zaletu zen. Garek, asko, gustio, deskagotu, ita, iskasiko, horungo, astian. He would smear his gums with peanut butter. Odia guanfiag el bit akabat masa temps in idiomes disconeguts aexi que nomes dare final ai adieu. Thanks for downloading this podcast. <laughs> Come on, guy, get a grip. Maybe she really likes fish. Oh, please. This is what it's like when you put it all together. Why don't you start us off? (laughs) (laughs) And we're back on tech fan number 121. And I apologize, David, for cutting you off there. But uh, a very important phone call came through I've been waiting for. And, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. Yeah. Um, We were talking about Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony. We could continue on that if you want, or we can jump onto some other subjects. Let's let's talk about something else because I think we've made our um, we've made our points fairly clear. And and I think what we need to do now is wait for the air to clear and see what these things really mean. Yeah, you know, speculation Uh, only for me keeps my interest so long. (laughs) As as I say, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of E three and whether whether uh, the message changes at all. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I, I guess we'll have to wait for that. You know, here's the thing, David. I, I just love living in the time we live in. Oh, yeah. It's, it's great, isn't it? I mean... Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you could really get into following so many different... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say hobbies, but um, the things that you like can really be expanded upon, and you can really become almost an expert 
in those things now because of the internet. And you can find other people just like you who are into, you know, cooking and, you know, the whole foodie thing is massive now. It was never, it was never like this before. And some of that, yes, is because of the food network and stuff like that. But I think to a larger degree, it's because of the internet. I cook stuff now, David, that I never, my mother would never even consider cooking when I was a child because I found a cool recipe online. It looked kind of complicated. Then I found a video of it. And, you know, it, it's amazing. Uh, I was actually struck by this just, just last night. We, we um, were looking for somewhere to get riding lessons for my daughter. Um, like horse riding? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a pony or something like that to start with. She's expressed an interest in it. Um, and we were talking about it over dinner. We were out in the restaurant. And so I got my phone out. Within 10 minutes, I'd found three or four places we could go to, two or three were the most convenient ones, which had particular things we were looking for in terms of uh, accreditation and, and safety and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to call one up there and then, leave a message and say, can you call me back and can we talk about pricing and availability and that sort of thing. Now, ordinarily, that you know, in times past, that sort of conversation would be something that you talk about over dinner in a restaurant and then you forget about. And then you might get reminded about again a few weeks later and then you'd think, oh, I must do something about that. And then eventually when you had time, you'd sit down with the yellow pages of the phone book and you'd start calling around and it would take you 45 minutes just to make a few phone calls. Mm-hmm. Before we, and, and of course, all those things put you off doing any of it. Yep. Whereas in fact now... It's through, amazing. Through, yeah, through the technology we have, we can do this sort of thing very quickly if we, if we so desire. It's, it's impressive, the world we live yeah. in. And... Like Louis C.K., I'm always worried that this generation is the least worthy of it because they just take things for granted and they still find things to complain about all the time, which we've been complaining about for almost a half hour. <laughs> uh, but exactly, you know, our complaints come from a little bit different of a place. We're not this generation. We're both Gen Xers. Yeah, and uh, you know, we're the generation that came up with video games. I mean, they didn't exist when we were born, and when they became popular, we were the perfect demographic for the type of games that were originally available. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a mature industry now, but it's almost our age. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, anyways, yeah, our, our, our complaining comes from wisdom and knowing what's happened before and not being just knee-jerk reactionists. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one thing that I'd really worries me about all of this is this, this could be the beginning of, a, of another real crash in the video game market. It could very well be, yeah. except for the fact that iOS and Android is so popular and that mobile games... Yeah, mobile. I think I, don't, I think mobile games are fairly safe, but I think the the traditional console market with the AAA I mean, titles. And yeah, the, it could yeah. it could it could evaporate fairly quickly mm-hmm. as it did last time. I mean, you know, before the crash happened, who'd have thought that Atari would be taken to bring a bankruptcy that was so successful? I mean, you know, virtually every home had one. Yeah, but it, yeah, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Uh, did you on that though? Just one last sure. thing. There. Did you hear that somebody's um, going out to the desert to try and yes, find I a did. landfill? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for those who I don't th- know, um, yeah. <laughs> Atari got the exclusive rights for a video game called ET, and based on the movie, and they rushed it in production. 
they didn't have really any plans for this game. They gave it to basically one guy, and they gave him like six weeks to make a game. Yeah. Which, all of that leads to a massive disaster. So the E.T. game, E.T. the video game, comes out on the Atari 2600. I bought it. It was a colossal failure. They actually made, uh, I think, was it one-third more of that video game than there was consoles. In other words, so let's say there was a million Atari 2600s out there. They made, made a million, 1.2 million copies of this video game. Who the hell is going to buy that? <laughs> yeah. They really thought people were going to buy multiple copies. Or the game's going to be so popular because of the popularity of the movie that people are going to who didn't already own an Atari is going to rush out and buy one just to get the game. Huge mistake. Atari ended up going out to the Nevada desert and burying like 30,000 copies of this game for a tax write-off. They destroyed them. And so now a film crew is going to go out to this landfill and start digging to see if they can find them. I don't know why that's capturing everyone's imagination and attention the way it is, David, but it is, and it has me as well. Why is that? There's, well, I think there's two reasons for it. For it, first of all, well, two or three. First of all, I think it's you know it's a great story. It's a great story about you know such a mistake uh, and how to do it. Um, and um, secondly, there's there's been an air of urban legend around the whole story. Yeah. Ever since ever since it was reported, yeah. And finally, it's um, it's it's kind of it's near. It's near time archaeology. Yeah, exactly. It's about it's about it is it's about archaeology and in a in a you know in in a at a fairly recent period of time. And that's the thing about archaeology is that you're often going finding finding things out that people should know, but for one reason or other they don't know. Because, you know, documents get lost. This is why archaeology around the Second World War, you'd think, oh, it was only 50, 60 years ago, we'd know all about that. But there's an awful lot of things that weren't, weren't recorded or weren't remembered correctly or, or we got distorted over time. This is another one. Um, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see whether they actually turn into another one. And also, it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just ET cartridges in, in there. There was a whole load of other stuff, apparently, as well, which, uh, you know, um, development systems and things like that. So it'd be interesting to see what comes out of it, if it, if anything. Do you think anything is going to come out of it? I don't know. I have I I have no, I have no knowledge to correctly answer that question. It seems, yeah. It, it seems to me that. <laughs> Wait. Here we go. There. <laughs> e. T. Yeah. It seems to me that. That's going to get loud on me kick it down a little bit there uh, it seems to me that looking for something in a land dump <laughs> that old it's what it's 30 years ago 35 years ago yeah good luck you're gonna dig through <laughs> that much stuff that's crazy and and apparently all the stuff that went in there was crushed as well so it won't be like you'll be finding whole cartridges they have pictures from when they they did it i mean it's not like they don't it's a guess 
they, they know they're out there. Here we go. This is from uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> so this is them searching for the cartridges. <laughs> Get used to this music because this is going to be what they're listening to as they dig and dig and dig. <laughs> Can you imagine if they, fa- they got down there and they found this great big cave full of Atari systems and if you stepped in the wrong place, then all of a sudden this great big digital ET came rolling out and <laughs> chased you out the place. Well, if they do find it, that's the theme for if they find it. Yeah. <laughs> we found the cartridges. And then some guy that's there like, all right, good. Now fill that hole back in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Get to work. Oh, that's it's. I don't know. It's a crazy story. I hope. I I hope they find them. I really do. But uh, it's silly at the same time. Mm-hmm. Imagine if they put their their uh, movie making attention into I don't know focusing on a real problem in the United States, like I don't know, homeless, <laughs> healthcare. Gun violence? Huh. Yeah, there's an idea. Yeah. No, we're going to go out and find an Atari 2600 cartridge is buried in the dump. Thanks. <laughs> and, and of course, that gets all the attention. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, we don't have problems in this country anymore. So I, I ordered something new the other day. Uh-oh. Want to take a guess? Um, huh. You ordered an Android tablet. Close, but no cigar. No. I ordered a Windows RT tablet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I could see that. You know, I, I'm kind of curious myself. Well, it, here's how it happened. A couple of weeks ago, um, I, I saw uh, there was a, a British journalist and Mary Jo Foley of the, um, uh, she's like a well-known Windows US journalist, were uh, talking on Twitter about the Windows RT. Um, and it's funny, it's funny over here because they advertise the Surface an awful lot and you can't buy it anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that the other week. Yeah, it we? makes perfect sense. So anyway, sense. I, I kind of interjected into this conversation. I asked the British guy where he'd seen one because I said I've never seen one anyway. He says John Lewis has them. Now, John Lewis is like, um, it's kind of like an up, upmarket department store. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a, 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 a less costly version of Harrods, if you imagine. Yeah, it's like oh. a Macy's sort okay. of thing. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah? Right? So I went down there and had a look, and sure enough, they did have them. They had the Surface and the Surface Pro. And I had about 10 minutes to play around with them. And you know what? It was okay. I didn't really look at the Surface Pro too much because it's a laptop without without a keyboard. And it's it's like £800, and it's just like, no. But I looked at the Surface RT because obviously I'm very familiar with the iPad. uh, And that directly competes with the iPad. And you know what? At first glance, it's okay. It's it's built. It is built extremely well, as as well as anything for Apple, uh, and it, it feels pretty smooth. And you kind of play around with it and everything, and you, you think oh, this is all right. And aren't then they, aren't they couple, coming now with? I don't know if it's a promotion or what, but now they're saying that they're they're going to come free with the cover of the keyboard. With the, with the cover keyboard, yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, at first glance it's okay, but then when, once you dig below the, the surface, you start to see the problems, particularly with, you know, the big thing about RT is it has a built-in version of Office. Yes. So I, I went straight to that, because obviously I use Office all the time at work, um, and after the first time I tried to hit a command and missed three times because it didn't register my finger properly, I realized what the problem was, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah. Which is why everyone says it's the Windows interface is not designed for touch. You know. So, so uh, and the other thing is it's it's four hundred and seventy nine pounds, which is about the same as a as a base level ten inch iPad. And I'm thinking to myself, well, as nice as it is, it's clearly not as good as an iPad. So why would I pay the same money as an iPad for it? Well, you... It needs to, be, needs to be cheaper. Right. Yeah? So anyway, I kind of had this at the back of my mind. And um, I talked to a couple of guys at work about it because we're just going through a new laptop refresh. And there's been some debate about whether we're going to get Windows 8 on those or not. And they've decided not to. Uh, and I, I did mention this to one of the IT guys. who said, oh, yeah, I've not had a chance to look at the the RT tablets, but we're not really considering them for the, for the office. You know, we're, we're basically saying to anybody who wants a tablet to buy their own and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of support them as best we can. And most people are doing that buying iPads. But I was doing some work yesterday on, for a client, getting some pricing off the Dell website for service. And I saw a link on there to the Dell outlet. And that took me to a thing that gave me uh, that that showed they have loads of their version of the RT tablet, the XPS ten, uh-huh. uh, at a knockdown prices, two hundred pounds. Wow! And then there was a voucher offer as well to get um, free shipping and another ten percent off that. So I think I paid just over one hundred ninety pounds for a thirty-two gigabyte Windows RT tablet. But even that, Which, knowing what the the issues are, so is this going to well, be work related, or is it going to well, be? Well, basically, I thought. You see, the thing is, is for, for there's no way I'm going to buy one at four hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, but I'd I'd heard that at the uh, Microsoft conference that's going on at the moment that they were basically knocking them out for a hundred dollars a piece, and the the pros for four hundred dollars to try and get them in the developers' hands. And I'd actually said to a friend of mine, I said, oh, you know, if you could get one cheap, yeah, I'd get one, try it out, see what it's like. You know, and and yeah, maybe I could use it for work because I do need to to write native office documents a lot of time at work. So, so Microsoft's uh, selling them the RTs for a hundred dollars now. You said uh, for for people who've attended the TechEd conference this week, which is a, a developer conference, and they they those people have paid sixteen hundred dollars for their tickets, right? But they basically anybody who goes to that conference can buy a Surface RT for a hundred dollars, just one. A Surface RT for $100 and a Surface Pro for $400. Uh, too bad they didn't have that for $100 for anybody. I, I'd actually buy one right now. Yeah. Just to have it to play with. Well, exactly. This, this, is, this was kind of the view I took as well. You know, at, at, at that sort of price, yes, it's not throwaway money, but it's also it's not hugely, hugely expensive. Well, you know what I tried to do? Um, and I kind of gave up because I, I don't want to have to launch Windows. I can. I've got Windows 7 on my Mac, virtualized, but I have it. Yeah, um, but it seems I don't know. I was running into problems, and it was logistical issues. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back and, and continue to try it or not. But I still have my HP Touchpad 32. Right. Yeah. Really wanted to put Jelly Bean on there. Uh-huh. And there's options out there, but it's such a complex thing to do that it's going to take me like three hours. And every time I think, okay, you know what? I'm gonna, I want to do this. It's ten o'clock at night, and I'm not staying up to one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But part of me really wants to do it because I never use the HP Touchpad. I never do. The kids don't even ask to play with it. But I'd really like to be able to put the most current version of Jelly Bean on there. And I heard it runs on there really well. Uh, they got Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, the camera, everything's working. And there's a way you could actually download the Google Play Store. Yeah. So I thought, you know, this might be kind of cool. Um, but, you know, I haven't done it. 
I keep thinking I want to do it, and I don't know why I want to do it, but I do. Yeah. I just uh, what I want is a one-click installer. Yeah, this is always the problem, isn't it? Because mm. uh, apparently, I, I saw something recently. You know, I have that BlackBerry Playbook. I'm still waiting for the BlackBerry 10 update for that. Um, and <laughs> in fact, once I ordered the uh, XPS 10, I thought, you know what? If I if I get on with that better, I'll probably just sell the Playbook because you only have so much leisure time to mess around with these things, you know. Uh, but apparently, you can turn that into a Kindle Fire if you so desire. Again by going through some fairly convoluted processes. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> come on, hackers, give us the easy way of doing it. You you allowed, you, you figured out how to jailbreak an iPhone by just going to a website. Yeah. You, you can't do any better than this. <laughs> I don't know. It's It seems silly, but yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of hardcore geeks in those kind of things. Well, maybe not so hardcore because I'm not willing to spend three hours doing it so. I, I think it i think it goes to having family and <laughs> other commitments now what I do think, you think about I th- the Oya? I, I think that's how you say Oya. o-u-y-a so this is that's the android game console yeah it? it's a tiny little box it's 100 bucks comes with a controller um i mean I, well, it, well it's, it, that's the one that's supposed to run steam isn't it no, it does no? not run Steam. Does not run Steam. No, it's, I mean for, it's like the Google me, Play Store's built yeah. in. For me, it's it, it's all about the software, really. I mean, it. it well, anything that you can play on, you know, uh, an Android tablet, realistically, you should be able to play on this. So, well, but I mean, it has like a gamepad. It do, do well, actually, it has a game controller. So how do you interface with the uh, with the? Because obviously the programs on the Play Store expect you to be able to touch them. Yeah, but the the store that you see, they're all coded to use a controller. Oh right, so they've been. It doesn't use the standard uh, apps. It it's been they've been recoded. Yes. Ah uh, right, okay. But it's a hundred um, bucks. Yeah, I, I mean, if, I, particularly if if uh, what we've just been talking about the. Um, you know, the, if if the bottom does follow out of the console market, this could be the way forward. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, we we've said before if we could get a high speed display from an iPad up on a TV screen and a controller, that we probably wouldn't ever pay Xbox games again. Right. You know, well, to start, if I can get the same quality of games, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting actually. I I uh, I'm always loading things i've bought onto my wife's ipad uh and uh recently i put the amazing spider-man game on there which uh-huh. is kind of yeah it's kind of like a you know a 3d sandbox style uh, well Spider-Man a little game. bit it's a yeah, little bit sandboxy it's not, but it, not it's really it's not it's not grand theft it, also but it, no. you know but it's a kind of a free roaming environment you know it's not levels or anything like that you can go pretty much wherever you want uh and um She's been playing the hell out of it. I tell you, whenever I turn around, she's hunched over the screen and her fingers are tapping all over it as she's fighting all these guys, <laughs> you know. And that's not normally the sort of game she would play. So I found that quite interesting. And talking about how you how you you can use these devices to cross over people into different gaming styles it was quite interesting because she's normally into she loves the the arcade games like pinball and stuff like that, and she likes the puzzle and the word games and. Those are the sort of things she plays most of the time. She's never really played a game like, um, certainly a 3D environment fighting game before, but she's really, really got into it. And she's 
hell of a lot better on it than I am. She's up to level. Do you think it's the approachability because it's on the iPad and it's right there? And yeah, I think so. I think she because she can play it wherever she wants. Yeah, because she's not going to sit down and play on the Xbox 360. No, no. I mean, she she barely ever plays with the Wii. She only really ever plays with the Wii when the kids are playing with it and she wants to play with them. Mm. Um, she would never uh, virtually. I, I think that a couple of games we bought for her that she played on the Wii, like you know some of the music music apps, and um, there was one she had. She she used to be a nurse. There was one where you could you could do operations on people, um, and she she kind of used that a bit. But uh, otherwise, no, she doesn't really play the uh, the Wii at all. And, and certain, certainly, she wouldn't play. I mean, she she mocks my games on the uh, <laughs> on the Xbox. She says, "Oh, you're shooting and killing people again." <laughs> yeah. No, I'm beating him up as Spider Man. Totally different. <laughs> exactly. I just sent you a link over to an article on Joystick. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know if one. you knew about yeah. this product or not, and it kind of intrigues me, but it kind of doesn't. It's called the uh, Wikipad. It's basically an Android tablet with a built-in controller mm-hmm. that's on either side. Uh, the first prototype model they showed about two years ago was much more intriguing. It looked really badass, and what they ended up with looks kind of crappy. The little shiny chrome plasticky buttons, and it doesn't look good at all. But two forty nine seven inch model, five hundred dollar ten inch model coming. Um, they say end of the year, but who knows? Um, in fact, in this article, they're saying that they scrap plans for the. Uh, uh, I don't know. After its delay. Yeah. Yes, they had the originally it was going to be five hundred dollars. It's now coming out two fifty. Well, but that's because it's a seven inch model, not a ten inch model. Yeah. So it's an iPod, iPad Mini rather than a, a full size iPad. I don't know. Do you think that something like this? I, I don't think this is going to do anything. I think it's going to have to come from an Apple or you know a, a much larger company on the Android platform, Samsung, for anything like this to be extremely popular at all, or even have a Snowball's yeah, chance in I hell. mean, it, it's kind of big, it's kind of bulky, um, and uh, you know, if all right, you've got the controls, but if if you can play pretty much the same games on same games on on like a big Android phone, like a uh, like a Samsung Galaxy, then you know, does this really have a? I I would imagine the market for this is fairly small. I'm surprised no one's come out with a, a Snap-on controller for the iPad or iPad Mini. They have. I have one. Really? Uh, not not. Uh, sorry, not for the iPad. For the i. I have one for the iPod. Uh, for yes, the, the I have. IPhone. I have the that too. It's. It looks like a little PS3 controller, and you slide yeah. your. Yeah, I've got a couple of those. I've got a steering wheel one, and they're all kind of crappy though. Mm. Yeah, I, I. I suppose the problem is is that Apple changes the form factor every year, and <laughs> if you've got something that. That kind of slots in there. That can be a problem. I mean, I'd I'd just really like to see, you know, good external controller support as standard in the in the in iOS. If it, if Apple built it in rather than having to be a third party yeah, app, I agree. Then uh, you know there was a standard people could design controllers to. Then that would sort it straight away. Just, just Bluetooth. Just make it yeah. Bluetooth and make, make it, it Bluetooth. But but you need an API. Yes, exactly. And it, and it needs to be an API that's not. I mean, they, you know, as much as I love the uh, the Retrocade. Um, what's it called? The iCade yep. thing, yeah. Um, which you said you did have one of those, right? Which I do have one, and yep. I do really like it. It is really good, but only for certain sort of games. But the the problem with it is what it's doing is effectively emulating button presses on a keyboard. Yes. 
Um, so that doesn't give you the level of control you need. You, what you need something is is with uh, you know an, uh, you need analog controls yep. with uh, with variable sensitivity um, that that effectively matches what you get on on you know an Xbox or a PS3 controller. So that's what you need, and that has if, if Apple built it in so there was a standard everyone could write games to. Um, then people would probably design all sorts of different devices, and it would take off. Um, so we'll we'll just have to see when the iOS seven comes out whether they whether they're looking to do that. So uh, last thing, let's you know we've we've talked about games, we've talked about tech. Let's go a completely different route that we never talk about on this show. And I I don't remember ever talking about this subject, but that's fine. It's the end of the sto- show, so if people aren't interested, we'll talk about this to the end, and then that'll be the show. Um, do you like, uh, you're, are you a rock and roll guy? Yeah. Do you like, uh, hard rock at all? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I hesitate to say that because some, some, some people's version of hard rock is death metal. Right. No, <laughs> no, I'm not talking and, about uh, death metal. And, and others is, is white snake. And that's, right. <laughs> you know, kind of uh, no, this is something that we're kind of right in between. Um, okay. I have, you know, here's the thing with hard rock. There hasn't been anything in 10 years that's really captured my attention in that genre at all. It, it all sounds kind of derivative, and it's not very good. Um, so I really haven't listened to, like, hard rock in years. Mm-hmm. Apple had this thing, and I actually posted it up on my Facebook page. They're streaming, which I didn't even know this was coming out, uh, the bland, brand new Black Sabbath album. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Black Sabbath? Is this like the real Black Sabbath? Oh, it is. Ozzy singing, and it, it's Black Sabbath, except the drummer is the guy from Rage Against Machines, because if I'm not mistaken, the original drummer died, I think. Yeah. So, uh, it's free, it's streaming, I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot. Holy crap, dude. It is good? so good. I am, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Metallica's Black Album. You remember how tight that album was and how it was produced just perfectly acoustically? That's what this is. Ozzy has never sounded better, which is really saying something. Because Ozzy hasn't done anything in 15 years. His last good album was in the early 90s, I think. Um, But Black Sabbath hasn't made an actual album in 30 years. You know? And... I, I was dubious, but I listened to it. I pre-ordered it, and uh, it's really good, dude. I'm I'm, I'm not kidding you. Um, okay. Go to, go to the try. iTunes store. Maybe it's in the UK. I don't know. I would imagine it should be. I mean, you know, that's where Ozzy's from. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it stream it. Listen to it. If if you like, it sounds like a Black Sabbath album from '75. That's it's what it sounds like, except for it's more produced. It's it, acoustically, it sounds a lot better than the old records do, but it, it it really does remind me of the Metallica's Black album. And there isn't a song on this that I've heard so far, and I've listened to it a couple times that I don't like, and that's very rare. Cool. So there, there's your tie-in. You can listen to it for free, the entire album streaming on iTunes. Pretty cool, huh? Very cool. Something different. Very cool. Yeah. All right, man. Next week, next week we need to cover Richard Clayderman. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, uh, I don't think we got any feedback to go over, do we? I don't think so. No. No, we missed a, a week last week, and hopefully, we won't miss too many going forward. But occasionally, it will happen. 
Um, there's just so much happening in the tech world that we're just barely scratching the surface. So before the next show, Dave and I come a little bit more prepared. I was really, really busy this week. I know David was as well. Uh, I look forward. Do you know when you're going to get the tablet? Uh, currently they're saying, uh, 16th of June, but, um, so still a couple changed. episodes it's away. Coming, it's coming from the refurb store. So, gotcha. uh, so we'll, I'll just have to see. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing more about it because yeah, I'm going to hold off buying anything there until you come back to tech fan and let me know, you know, what's what. And yeah, of course, I'll, you know, I, I like say, to get your yeah. initial impressions and then a couple of weeks later, how it's going. Exactly, but what I would say is if, is if you are in the market for an RT tablet, then definitely go take a look at the Dell outlet because they are, they've already reduced the price, um, of their list price of their version, so they are knocking them out very cheap, and, it, and it's pretty well reviewed. Is um, it? So, it, so if, you, if, you, if you do fancy an RT tablet and you don't want to pay Microsoft Surface prices, you might want to go take a look at that. Where's it located on their website? Uh, I don't know. I just Googled Dell Outlet, and it came straight up. They, have, right, they normally see. have a fairly good... Dell Outlet? Yeah. Dell.com slash outlet. So mine comes up, and outlet laptops and tablets. Check prices. Oh, wait. No. I just think I saw the one you got, the XPS 10. That's the one, yep. Check prices. And the U.S., the cheapest is 379 Oh wait, no, three thirty nine. Quantum Snapdragon S four one point five ten inch sixty four gigs of flash. Uh, so that's well, a sixty four gig. No, gig. it's it's ranges from three thirty nine to four sixty nine. Yeah. So yeah. two gigs of RAM, ten point one inch hard screen or uh, HD hard, uh, display. Um, and it is uh, multi touch. Yeah. yeah, it's basically it's uh, it doesn't have the same chip in it as the Surface. Um, it has the Snapdragon instead of the Tegra three, but it, it is effectively the same. Um, apart from that, it's broadly the same as yeah. the Surface. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely interested in learning more about it. Let me know. Okay. All right, my friend. We're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. Of course, we'd love to hear feedback from you guys. Go to techfanpodcast.com. You can leave a comment. Or you can send an email, and that is Tim or David at TechFanPodcast.com. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at MyMac, or on, uh, just do a search for Tim Robertson on Facebook, you'll find me. Uh, same thing with David, he is what at Twitter? At David B. Cohen. And he doesn't really do the Facebook thing. No. Because I've sent nude pictures of him there, and he hasn't replied, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you next week. See you next week.